Welcome to Vernacular Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Sally. Each week on Vernacular, we explore the art of being truly and fully human. Most of the time, that means that Sally and I chat for 15 to 20 minutes about a topic, general or specific, and how it helps us understand what it means to be human. But we don't have all the answers, so occasionally we invite guests on the show to help us tackle this question in the context of their job or hobby, current events, or pop culture. Thanks for joining us as we practice the art of being human. Hey, we're glad to be back. We hope you enjoyed last week's special Father's Day episode about Tiger Woods. Yeah. Um, if you haven't heard it yet, you should definitely check it out. And don't be intimidated by the length because it's a quality conversation. Well, and, and it's two parts. We broke it up into right, two parts right. for you. So, so much more manageable. Time. Yeah. <laughs> but we are back to doing our regularly scheduled programming. Which yeah. A phrase that always trips me up. Um, but in the last couple of episodes before the bonus episode, we we talked a lot about aging and suffering and mortality, pretty dark topics. But there are three very essential, though mostly undesirable, parts of a truly human life. And while we all wish that we could just throw off those burdens of aging, suffering, and mortality, we Zach and I concluded that we cannot be truly human without them. So in this episode, we are going to highlight yet another essential aspect of what it means to be human, but this is one that we all actually desire. Yeah, so this is a much lighter episode. We're not yeah. talking about how suffering is necessary or death is necessary. Instead, we're just going to talk about the importance of living immediately. And on one level, I think that's kind of intuitive, that that is a value and an aspect of what it means to be human. Yeah. But on another level, it also requires some unpacking and definition. And some intentionality, and, I think. Yeah, yeah, when exactly. It comes, when it comes time for action. Exactly. So maybe let's start with this question, Sally. What does it mean to live immediately? Yeah. So when I first started thinking about this, um, I actually, I guess you, we, we were talking about it and you went back to the etymology of it. What I is, love etymology. What does immediately mean? Which yeah. reminds me of my late grandfather who would always know the etymology of every word. Oh, I don't know if I knew that about yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah. He cool. was always good about that. Um, but it comes from the Latin immediatus, which means without anything in between or in the middle. Um, another definition, without intervening time or space. So in my mind, basically that means it not mediated. Not mediated. Yeah, you're you're experiencing something as close as you can to the source. Yeah, so if you're living immediately, then there's there you're living directly. You're fully present. You're fully engaged. There's there's, there's no... nothing that's mediating your experience of life. There's no intrusion or distortion of reality as it is. So we know what that means then to live immediately. Why is that essential to a truly human life? And like I said, I think on one level it's intuitive that it is essential, but because we like to unpack things here on Vernacular, I think we should just talk about it for a few minutes, why we think that's essential to a truly human life, give a defense of that. Yeah, well, I think the first thing that you just said is, well, you just said it's intuitive, right? Yeah, I think intuitively, I feel that that is right. Right, and I think that intuition gives us something, gives us some idea of why this is essential to a truly human life because this is a this is an intuitively correct notion that to live immediately is a good thing to be fully present in the moment is a good thing and i think we recognize that because when we're in those moments where we are living immediately we find ourselves actually experiencing something rather than experiencing it through a filter we're experiencing it live and unmediated i think we're able to appreciate it that much more intensely yeah, I think that when we are living immediately, our emotions and our experiences are more true and they're more real and they're more from the heart when we live directly. 
and we our life is in that way our life is more authentic and i think a more authentic life is is isn't a more human life yeah i think when we talk about this this idea of experiencing something that's unmediated i go to facetime or skype and i think about the times when you and i have been separated or i've been separated from you and the girls and when I have FaceTimed you guys or Skyped you, it's it's nice to see you, and it's certainly nicer than not seeing you at all, but there's this fundamental frustration that I can't actually be there with you. Um, or maybe a, an example more relevant to, uh, to some listeners, I'm a sports fan, and I watch a lot of sports on TV, but when something truly amazing happens in the game, right, a dramatic comeback or a high-stakes moment in the two-minute drill, I often find myself sitting there on the sofa watching on the screen but thinking to myself wow it must be really awesome to be in the stadium right now to be soaking in this entire environment to be hearing the crowd noise to be to be watching the players directly and to smell the smells of the stadium and all of these things that you can't really get just from watching it on tv because you're not living immediately it's still better than not watching the game at all granted but i would rather be experiencing it there now of course the exception is like when i'm watching a game that's played in 20 degree weather or it's like snowing <laughs> outside or something like that then i'm perfectly happy to be on my sofa enjoying it from home but the the point still stands that there's this desire this this intuitive fundamental innate desire of ours to experience what is real and that makes me think your example sports example makes me think that another way to think about why living immediately is essential to a truly human life is to think about it in the negative. Why is living immediately or living a mediated life not conducive to living a truly human life? And I think that's because it involves this detachment and disengagement from not only ourselves, but also real life. And it's like you said, living life through a filter, or I'm thinking a veil or a lens or any number of other analogies, our experience is mediated by these non-human intervening agents or powers. And we're going to talk about what those possible mediating influences are. But that kind of life is is clearly less authentic. And I think, therefore, it's, it's less human. Yeah, I think you're right. And it doesn't, of course, mean that those experiences that are mediated are, are bad, diminished in value. Um, they do have intrinsic value and they are good. But I think what we're saying, actually, no, I know that what we're saying is that it is essential to a human life to have experiences of the immediate, experiences that are ultimately grounded in reality and are not mediated by something between. Yeah, I think it's the ideal. It's the goal. Right. And we should always be striving for that. We should always be looking for ways to to eliminate the sources of mediation, and um, and, and we're going to talk about that today. So so I guess first, um, let's talk about those those sources of mediation or intrusion. What are the challenges in our modern adult life to living immediately? Why is it so hard? <laughs> Why are we even talking about this? You know, I think one of the, the most obvious challenges is just maturation, that we mature as individuals. And I know that we have talked about this with other parents, but I love watching our kids play because there's no better example of living immediately than a child who is happy with their toys or coloring or whatever activity it is at that moment that they're rooted in especially when they're very young there's no other anxiety because they don't really have a good conception of the future they don't really have a great conception of the past they understand what they're doing in that moment and they often love it and that that fullness of joy that you see on their face and express in their actions is so enriching and such a good reminder to us 
of something that we've lost. So when we talk about that childlike innocence, I think a lot of what we're talking about really is this ability to live immediately that we sort of lose as we get older and mature. Yeah, and maybe intentionally, maybe we think that we're supposed to, that we're supposed to stop having this childlike approach to life and that we're supposed to be more kind of detached and reserved and more of the observer and the analyzer than... Well, well, I think this is another challenge, isn't it? That we, as we get older, we have greater responsibilities and distractions, you know, career, family, these things that can be good, but can also distract us from living immediately and can make us think we can't have that childlike innocence in approaching experiences. Because we're juggling all these different balls. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point. So many burners on whatever that analogy is <laughs> oh yeah I, I was thinking you were talking about like burner phones or burner oh, Twitter no. accounts because <laughs> it made me think of the sixers gm that but, too um, that would be distracting different type of distractions <laughs> <laughs> well i think another kind of distraction is stuff yeah material stuff that we have that we own that we want there's this our culture is you know there's so much talked about how we have are in a culture of consumerism and materialism and i think we are distracted by that. And whether it is accumulating more things or getting rid of what we have, right. it it can be very distracting and it can make it hard to live immediately because we're just absorbed in the things that we have and, and possibly getting more of them or comparing to someone else what they have and we don't. Right. Yeah. There, there's this, if, if you're always longing after acquiring things, you're never going to be satisfied in your present state and therefore you're never, you'll never be able to fully appreciate your present state yeah so there's a contentment that's kind of required to live immediately yeah and i think that's linked to to the topic we've discussed on the podcast multiple times before about anxiety writ large in our age group and in our in our generation today that people have a lot of anxiety in part because of this broad dissatisfaction with a status or an amount of possessions that they have and i'm not immune from that i'm not casting stones here but i think that is very obviously a, a distraction or a detractor from living immediately right and it's so much easier today to be dissatisfied and to compare ourselves because of social media right and we've talked about social media the because, burner accounts yeah <laughs> yeah right um because of just our capacity to be connected at all times and to know what everyone else is doing and not just a capacity but a desire and i think it's linked with that anxiety point i actually just for my own anxiety i found myself turning off the cellular data on my phone for a variety of the apps that i use so that i can only access certain apps on wi-fi and so that when i'm away from wi-fi i'm not constantly going to my phone to see what emails i'm missing what tweets i'm missing you know, whatever it is, what the stock market's doing, you know, insert something. And it's probably something that I have an app for and I've checked my phone. And so more recently, I've been conscious of this, this desire that I have to, oh, Instagram and another one, right? I've been conscious of this desire that I have to always be in the know and never miss something. Uh, And that's not good, I think, because I should be able to unplug, be away from my phone for several hours without feeling uncomfortable by that. And uh, uh, yeah, I, that's just I've been convicted in that recently, but I think you're right. Social media is definitely a distraction. And I think a counterpart to the social um, aspect of media and technology is kind of like the news. Media. Oh yeah, just media saturation. Yeah, yeah. Because even if you're not concerned about you know what Johnny's doing or you know what the people next door are doing, you're you're wondering about what's going on in the world. Yeah. And you feel like kind of a bad 
American or a bad citizen of your country if you don't know what's going on. And yeah, that's that's it's a great so point. easy to get that information. I mean, I go to the gym and the TV's on. Yep. Um, and I've talked on the show before how I started listening to Up First so that I would at least be a little bit plugged in because I think I went too far in the opposite direction. <laughs> but I think some people have trouble on the opposite extreme that I'm on. And that's just like constantly getting updates and knowing always what's happening in politics or that's kind of where I am by nature. And I've taken a few active steps to to fix that. So I used to spend a ton of time on internet news. We've never had TV news, but I used to spend I used to spend a ton of time on internet news. Sometimes I still do, but I've tried to address that by um, subscribing to a couple of long form email digests, um, and then some shorter daily email digests. So I get a few emails every day, and then like a couple weekly emails that have some good long form reads. So it's just a, a good way, I think, to sort of passively absorb the news, let the news come to you, you know, the the stories that I think are worth hearing. So I trust other people to curate stories. So in for a good me. way filtering your yeah. Yeah, exactly. Your absorption of the news. Right. And making it a little bit harder to di- digest than just a tweet. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You have to like like there's more effort this. involved. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So so that's been good. I, I can um subscribe or can prescribe some recommendations if some of our listeners want to take that path as well. But I found a few good newsletters for that that Help me sort of stay away from like the Google News, the RSS aggregators, and instead just focus on bigger stories that I can digest more thoughtfully at a, at a healthier pace. Okay, so before we move on, um, what about another challenge in modern adult life? What about drugs and alcohol as being a source of mediation and intrusion and distraction? Yeah, and I think I'm talking about abused drugs and alcohol that when it's abused, right? And that's a good point because, like so many of these things, we're not we're certainly not saying that maturing is a bad thing, or that social media is a bad thing, or that the news is a bad thing. It's that's not any of it's just a challenge. It right. poses a challenge to our goal of living immediately, right? And that I think that that's all we're saying, right? So, how do drugs and alcohol pose a challenge? Well, yeah, I think that. You know, so so to the point about how these things aren't necessarily bad, we talked about pain in in a recent episode, right? How painkillers can be necessary, right? Those that's a form of drugs. Sometimes narcotics, which are a class of drugs, you know, opioids, for example, a class of drugs that can very uh, effectively cause us to not live immediately. They, you know, in a very literal sense, shut down pain receptors, so we can't experience what we're experiencing at that moment. Um, you know, those can be good for people who are in pain, but obviously used in excess or used inappropriately, they they cause people to have a barrier placed between them and the real experience of the world that is certainly not healthy. And alcohol, I think the same thing. I think alcohol can, in, in social settings, can help us uh, appreciate the setting that we're in. I, you know, some people who um, might, might tend towards having social anxieties can find that very helpful for them appreciating their fellow human beings in a social setting but obviously use in excess it does the opposite and and is very much a barrier to human relationships and to living immediately in all the ways we've talked about and we've talked about mental health i think that it hampers our ability to be more in tune with our own mental health and to kind of right. have those mental health checkups and um and so it, it makes it easier to disengage from our real feelings and our real emotions yeah and you mentioned pain. Well, I think pain and suffering, they exist in the world. We've talked about that a lot. They also, I think, make it harder to live immediately sometimes because we can be suffering and or we can just be aware of the suffering in the world and that can be very absorbing. It can be hard to focus on the good things in your life when you're experiencing pain or someone else's. Yeah. 
I think that I think you're right. But I also think in a strange and possibly counterintuitive sense, one could argue, and maybe I would, I'd have to think about this a little bit more, but one could argue that people experiencing pain and suffering are living immediately in the truest sense. And there's something uh, there's something redemptive and beautiful about that in and of itself. And, and that harkens back to some of our discussions on suffering and the importance of suffering. But I, I think that is the case, that people who experience that are living immediately in a more true sense than many of us who are not going through those experiences. Yeah, I think that's a good point because I'm definitely not saying that people who are experiencing pain and suffering can't live immediately because it doesn't fully pre- prevent us from living immediately. Right. It can just make it harder Yeah, if, if that's what you're focusing on, only focusing on um, or worried about. So I think um, that you can still live immediately and maybe you're right, do it. You can do it even better than people who aren't experiencing pain and suffering. Yeah, totally agree. Well, we're coming up on our time here. So let's move on to ways that we can live immediately. What are some prescriptions to help people, ourselves included, be better at living immediately and appreciating the world around us? Yeah. Well, we mentioned a few. You talked about um, kind of filtering the inflow of media, turning off data, eliminating apps, things like that. I think just like entirely unplugging can sometimes be really good. For sure. Um, Or just having like a social media fast for a period of time. I personally like to um, turn off my or offload my Instagram app Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about adding more time to that. But um, so I can't, I mean, I could easily like upload it again. But it's a lot harder to get to. Yeah, it's a barrier. And it reminds me, oh yeah, you don't want to actually be doing that. Right. You don't want to be on Instagram on the weekends. So um so yeah, so that's that's one one way that I use anyways. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, so we talked about the social media unplugging. I would also add just not multitasking, sort of minimizing distractions. I think- um, you Yeah, know, there's so it, much research that's been done on actually how it's not a virtue to multitask. Right, you know, like the four-hour work week, you know, if you like do one thing and do it effect- effectively and efficiently, right. or efficiently and thus effectively. Right. Um, so I think that's that's another one too that I have I have learned a lot from and I've struggled with. Yeah, and I think just finding other ways to minimize your distractions. Yeah. Maybe if you're trying to read, read an actual book or read a Kindle where you can't be searching the web or, mm-hmm. you know, getting distracted by your phone or something like that. Or put your phone in another room if that will help. Or, you know, just just maybe, yeah, just find ways to kind of like streamline the amount of mediation that's going on. Yeah, definitely. I think um, maybe the final one I would say on this is meditation and prayer. Um, I think they you know physiologically speaking lots of recent scientific research has demonstrated that these things can have actual measurable effects on emotional well-being um, and can have physical uh, physical effects that are good too so i'm looking for example at this article from mayo clinic which is um, very dependent on good scientific research and they say that research suggests that meditation can help people manage symptoms of anxiety, asthma, cancer, chronic pain, depression, heart disease, high blood pressure, sleep problems, tension, headaches. I mean, there's a big list of things that can help. And there are lots of varieties of this. Um, I have practiced meditation and found it very helpful. Um, and so I would encourage our listeners to do the same. Lots of good apps and resources out there to, to get you started. But I think that's another way to help you live fully in the moment and appreciating what's going on around you. And I just have to add one more that that's kind of um, looking inwards or looking upwards. Yeah. I think also looking outwards. 
focusing and trying really hard to see the things in your environment and the people in your environment, just really trying to get out of yourself and and embrace whatever your surroundings are at that time, whether it's just landscape or, you know, actual people. Right. Yeah. Don't go through the checkout with your earbuds and actually right. talk, talk to your Right. That drives me crazy cashier, when yeah. I see people do that. It's like you're treating them like a, a thing. Right. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk real quick about possible objections. I'll deal with the first one and then I'll pitch the second one to you. Okay. So one objection is, are you saying, you know, someone, someone might say to us, are you saying that all mediated experiences are bad? And the answer is absolutely not. I think we already addressed this. The The issue is when we find ourselves incapable of living immediately, that's not a bad thing. But I would also mention that filmmakers, for example, they make their living behind a camera and it is by definition, you know, a lens that mediates the experience from the viewers who view it later. Um, and or reading a book, or, or you're reading not a book, actually yeah. experiencing that experience. Uh, right. I mean, you're not the character in the story, right. but it can be a an avenue toward to actually accessing and tapping into reality. Right. Or someone's artistic spin on reality, which can be equally valuable. So I'm not at all saying that. I mean, if you know the the lens through which we see the world through a book or or through an actual camera lens. Um, or a, a painter's portrayal of something on a canvas, that can be a beautiful and good thing, and we're certainly not saying that. So don't misunderstand us. The mediation can be a good thing and can, can be used to great effect by artists, uh, but we also think it's important to live immediately. So the second objection, Sally, is um, what about you know being responsible and having obligations? We just throw those to the wind. What would you say to someone who who criticizes our argument on those grounds? Yeah, we're not saying that you should forsake all your responsibilities or not think or reflect on them, but just kind of do and act right. and not, you know, not have any intellectual assessment going on or not plan for the future. Mm -hmm. All of those things are very, very important. But sometimes it's also important to take a step back and to realize that that if we just spend all of our time planning for the future or all of our time analyzing the moment, then we're missing that moment. It's yeah. just going to – life is just going to pass us by as we're looking towards the future and worrying about our various responsibilities. We're not saying that that one is bad and the other one is good, but that to live a truly human life, we need to have those times of living immediately and to strive for that ideal at least at some point during our, our days or our weeks. Yeah. Well, we hope this episode has given you, our listeners, some ideas about living immediately. We hope that you find some ways to do that this week. Take some concrete steps here and now. If you have any ideas and you want to send them to us, you can do that through email, Zach and Sally at vernacularpodcast.com or through social media because social media is not bad. You just can't <laughs> use it too much. So at VernacularPod on Twitter and Instagram, facebook.com slash vernacularpodcast. And speaking of mediating experiences behind the lens of a camera... Our next episode will be our discussion with the filmmakers. You can look forward to that in your queue in a couple of weeks. Until next time, I'm Zach. And I'm Sally. Have a great week.